0: I have to remind myself, "Hey, things are going in uh, the right direction, and you know, good things are happening." And I know that if I open my heart to the fear, it will flood in. And if I allow that to happen, it can consume me and it will overrun me. And then I will then suddenly be in a fear-based mindset and I will be making reactionary decisions instead of making proactive decisions. It just changes your mind so much when you embrace that.
1: Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started.
0: All right. Good morning, Be It listeners. Welcome back to... I don't have any idea what episode this is, actually, but uh, this is going to be a solo episode from yours truly, Brad. I'm um, really excited to... Uh, sit down, share um, some thoughts with you and some things that I've been working on in my life. Um, Today, I wanted to talk about fear. And this is very personal for me because as we have grown as a company, uh, something that I have constantly battled is the fear of uh, not being able to support our team. Uh, And what I mean by that is as we've grown, We have been in a position to actually hire a team and it's been so exciting and it's been really incredible and amazing to have help uh, handling, you know, all the things because, as you know, we have a lot of things going on. But uh, in the back of my mind, there's been this, you know, this this like nagging fear uh, underneath it all, uh, of uh, of are we going to be able to make sure we can pay everyone because they're depending on us, right? They're actually literally depending on the work that we're doing to be able to, you know, some of them have families and, you know, they've lives and bills and life. I remember what it was like being employed if my employer didn't pay me. That would have been an incredibly bad day. And in fact, that happened to me a couple times throughout my journey in this entrepreneurial space where I was actually working for an entrepreneur and the business didn't go well. And I ended up suffering from it because I never got paid. The first time I had a startup company crumble out from underneath me, I was only... I was 26, I think, or 25, maybe. I think I started working for them when I was 24, and everything kind of really didn't pass, uh, didn't succeed by the time I was 25, 26. It was all crumbling at that point. But my belief in the people, my belief in the product um, as a a full-blown team member, because that's like my mentality, I prefer to be on a team rather than solo, I was so convinced that we were going to be able to make it work, pull it around, even though, especially at that age, I had no understanding of the money, of how any of it all worked at all, but I knew we were going to be fine, and we weren't. And literally to the point where I actually was the last person showing up in the office of 35 people. No one else was even coming, not even the CEO. And I I showed up to work. And that was like that moment of like, I need to figure this out. Like, I can't believe that I'm here. What am I doing here? Like, <laughs> there's nothing going on in this company. And it was a very real world, like wake up moment of, I can't actually trust, uh, I can't rely on this uh income stream this job this isn't going to be the thing that takes me to where i want to go right and and that was really crushing that was like i felt betrayed i I genuinely felt betrayed and then i was angry that the uh, people who had hired me didn't sit me down and say hey man this is failing you're going to need to figure out some other employment, you know, figure out another way to make money. No, I had to come up with that on my own when I realized they had bailed. (laughs) And that was, that was crazy, you know? And then I was like, then I was in like full freak out mode. I didn't know what to do. I actually had to call my parents and be like, Hey, I can't pay rent tomorrow. Uh, because my paycheck, I don't think it's coming. And, um, and that was like really impactful for me that caused a lot of uh, frustration and anger actually a lot of anger uh, because I put my trust in some people that didn't do well by me I ended up having to uh, actually threaten to take some of them to small claims court (laughs) (laughs) Um, in order to get paid, you know, just a couple thousand dollars. It wasn't even like, you know, it wasn't like they owed me 50 grand or 100 grand. No, it was just like a couple thousand dollars. And But I needed that money desperately in order to live, you know. And um, it took me years to make the decision to go to small claims court. So, and and that was a whole nother battle of uh, that we won't go into here because I had to really get over this idea that I was going to be hurting them or burning relationships, right? From uh, all of my friends' perspectives, they had burnt my the relationship with me. But for me, I was thinking, oh, well, this is still my network. This is still my people. Anyway, we won't go into that. But the next uh, thing that I had to do was to scramble. I had to... Uh, figure it out like immediately within one weekend i had gotten three um, jobs i had uh, started working for a restaurant um, on the far side of los angeles also i didn't have a vehicle so i was literally taking the bus across town Um, i started working at a school where i was doing admin for the school and the other uh, i got another restaurant job up in the valley so i was working um you know these these restaurants were um, I don't know, eight or ten miles away from each other. The school was somewhere in the middle, and I lived way off to the side. So my morning, uh, it really was, um, it really was crazy. Uh, the only choice I had was to get up at like 6 6 30 which is against my nature by the way i don't i'm not a morning person i genuinely uh like to stay up late i've always felt like my brain functions better at night that's been since i was really really young so i had to get up really really early i had to uh roll out of bed and i got into this um very interesting routine where i would walk down uh, the, uh, I would walk about a mile down to the train station and on the way I would stop and I would pick up my breakfast at this uh, uh, spot there and then I would grab a coffee and I would sit on the train and I would take the train into Hollywood, uh, California and I would uh, work at the school. And then after school, um, I would leave about five o'clock, four thirty, five o'clock and I would um, take the bus across town, which was a 45-minute bus ride to go to a restaurant. Uh, and then uh, I would... Uh, Leave that restaurant at like 11 o'clock at night and I would take the bus back to my home. I'd get there around midnight and then I would crash and get up at six and do it again the next day. And then on other nights, I would take the train north up into the valley to a different restaurant. I would walk a mile and a half down the street to get to the restaurant because the train stop wasn't close enough. And then same story. I would usually try to catch a ride back to the train um, at the end of the shift, or I would walk, you know. And um, anyway, the the point is, you know, going through these experiences, it didn't actually, uh, w- it's interesting, looking back at it now, in the moment, what actually happened was I just told myself, I'll do it, I'll do whatever I need to do to get it done to figure it out, right. Uh, but what I didn't, see was that i was resilient i was actually it built a ton of resentment and anger in me and it, it was probably some of the darkest years of my life when i was really scrambling to just make ends meet and just literally make you know 1500 bucks a month to pay my rent and eat and um you know it, especially living in a big city like los angeles I got a phone call uh, from uh, some of the people I used to work with like a year and change later and they were like, hey, Brad, how you doing, man? I hope you're amazing, right? And these guys like have plenty of money and they, you know, are very resourceful. I think they're also decades older than me at the point at this time, but still they uh, they called me up and I was angry at them. I was so angry and I I challenged them. I said, why would you, uh, why would I ever work for you again? You burn me you burned me or, you know, like really, really, you fucked me over. Right. And it was like, I was so pissed. And, and, uh, they said, well, look, man, we really, uh, we really believe in you and we really love, uh, you know, the efforts that you were doing at the company and what you were doing. And we think you'd be an amazing team player. Um, you know, plus we can pay you. Um, and so I, um, I was really hesitant. Again, I had this fear and I, I was really hesitant and I called my dad and I said, hey, these guys who I really, I'm not sure that I trust them, they're offering me a job. And, you know, he's like, well, is it better than what you're doing now? And I was like, probably because <laughs> I was, you know, I was fried. I had been, uh, I don't know, it was just uh, more than a year of, of scrambling and trying to make ends meet, right? And um, the, you know, I called another friend of mine uh, who I really trusted and he told me, look, you were able to go get those jobs in a weekend you can go get jobs like that again, if you need to, you know, maybe this could be a good opportunity for you. And by the way, you know, if you don't trust these guys, then just get the most out of it that you possibly can. So what is a crazy, ridiculous number that you feel like you, uh, you know, like it would, they would probably turn you down if you told them this number, you know, and tell them that's what you need, or you're not interested in taking the gig. And um, so at the time, I was probably bringing in 20 to $25,000 a year. No, it was $25,000 a year or so. And, um, you know, but life was a scramble. It was tough. And I was like, I'm going to ask them for $50,000. Right? And I I Genuinely believed that, like, this was an inordinate amount of money. That it was like they were going to laugh in my face and they'd be like, dude, you're cool, but like, come on, man. Like, you know, get real. Right. And I said, and not only that, I I told them, you know, hey, if I'm going to take this job, I have to work from home because I was tired of commuting, right? I was tired of being on a bus. I didn't even have a car. Right. And then the third thing I said is, my laptop is busted. I can't do this job unless you buy me a new laptop that I own. It's mine, right? And I walked into this meeting. I sat down with these guys, and I I told them how awesome I was and how all these amazing things I've been doing, you know, and how I had basically put my life back together, which is a lie, you know. I put my life back together after our past uh, startup company had crumbled right? And they sat in this coffee shop with me and they listened to me and said, dude, that's so crazy. We didn't know that you were, you know, literally negotiating contracts and, you know, managing a school and, you know, bringing students in, uh, you know, whatever. It sounds like you're managing a team. And I said, well, sort of, you know, and they said, great. Well, we want you to manage a team uh, for the company that we're working for. And the first thing they told me was, Listen, I know that there's uh there's not a lack of trust. There's a lack of trust here. Uh so just so that you can feel assured, we're not writing your check. And I was like, "Oh, holy shit. That changes a lot of it for me because I wasn't putting my trust back in these two guys. I was putting my trust in different people. Now, I didn't know them either. But that animosity that i had i was able to let go of it but i still stuck to my guns and i said i won't be able to do this job unless you pay me 50 grand i work from home and you buy me a laptop and like without hesitation they were like yeah cool we can make that happen and i was like oh my god did i just should i have asked for 60 grand should i have asked for 70 grand like (laughs) 70 i couldn't even have imagined seventy thousand dollars at the time you know but i was like that was too easy why did they you know, why did that happen so fast? Right. And it, it, uh, uh, I was just again fear, worried about this. And anyway, it ended up being, uh, an amazing experience to work with those two guys. Um, uh, this time around, it was a much different environment than our previous startup company. Um, even though those two were both um, decision makers in the past company, um, in this company, they were also decision makers. They ran the marketing department, and I ended up working for them, managing an entire team of bloggers and doing all the social media and um seo and stuff like that and um and over the next year i really had a chance to get to know them and um uh it was it was a really great experience and uh the um you know ultimately though what happened was there were some other people in the company uh namely the founder and the guy who had put in a lot of money who you know the guy was a shark and he um forced my friends out Uh, of the company three days before they um, actually were going to be vested, which means they were going to be qualified to receive, um, you know, stock in the company, all this stuff. And he forced them out. And um, uh, I don't know all the politics of it. I wasn't involved in those conversations. But you know, from uh, the side view, it really looked um, shady. And it was uh, pretty clear to me that my role in the company wasn't going to be a long, uh, you know, long for this world, right? So It started to, uh, I started to think, okay, cool. I I need to start increasing. I never let go of my restaurant job, by the way, because again, fear. I uh, didn't actually uh, stop. Uh, I didn't cut that because I thought if I need this again, I'm going to keep it. So I kept the really fancy restaurant I was working at, working at nights, and I would work on Friday and Saturday nights and just bring in a couple hundred bucks. But it was a lifeline for me. And I knew if I needed to, I could go back into that restaurant and I could tell, Anyone in the restaurant, the staff, I've been working there for a couple of years at this point, like, hey, any more shifts. If y'all want to take a vacation, I'll cover anything. I don't care. Just in case, you know, the rug got pulled out from me at this job. And um, I had a feeling. I just had this feeling like, you know what, they're shifting. They're making a lot of changes in the company. Um, they brought in a new woman to do um, intense ad analysis and ad spend and she you know used to spend seven million dollars a year or something whatever and um you know I was like I could probably figure it out but like it wasn't really something I was into and she sat me down she's like do you want to do this and I was like yeah sure and she's like that wasn't very convincing I was like yeah you know I don't actually really want to do this but you know look I'm good at this stuff and I'll figure it out and she basically went back to the uh, the boss and said he's the wrong guy for me this is not going to work and so they fired me. But you know, I uh, I, I kind of had a feeling, right? So I was prepared this time around. And I had that job, I had already started to, um, you know, let people know and, and it allowed me to kind of land on my feet. Um, And I was also able to, um, because of this was like a legit company, I was working for and all the things um, I had been paying into unemployment. So I was able to immediately go apply for unemployment. And just like, you know, it was way less of a hard landing than the last the first time through. Um, But, um, you know, again, it still gave me fear, I was suddenly making, you know, half as much money again um, and uh, but th- but this time I decided to make the most of it I actually spent most of my time um, over the next uh, year uh, working on music because that was what I had done gone to Los Angeles to do anyway so um, but I, I I share these stories because uh, for me it's fun to go down memory lane for you I want you to have an understanding of uh, you know this this fear um, that now fast forward, Um, you know, years later, I I ended up working another job for a really long time. um, And then I left that company to uh, start my own stuff, right? And I had this fear that i wasn't going to be able to pay my bills at this point it had been i don't know 10 years since my first ventures uh the the first story i was telling you and i my life was a little more complicated you know i was uh married at this point i had bills to pay i had you know like just life right and so i now instead of me you know needing a 1500 to 2000 dollars a month i needed more than that like by double right because los angeles it's expensive and all the things and And uh, so I was like scrambling to get my uh, fledgling companies off the ground to actually pay me, right? And uh, I was so uh, afraid to uh, leave those companies that I'd started and throw my weight behind what Leslie had started because I knew how difficult it was to put a financial burden on a new business. Um, And uh, I was worried that if I brought me you know, I looked at myself as a, as an anchor to Leslie's company. I didn't look at myself as an asset to Leslie's company, right? Again, fear and mindset, right? So I said, well, yeah, okay, but that means her company is going to have to support me. And I know the financial strain that could put on everything. And that's not, uh, you know, I know it can crush a starting company, right? But I I never was looking on the flip side of the coin. I was never looking uh, and saying like, like, I have been through so many different startup companies. I have worn so many roles. I've I've, I've seen so many things. I've spent all this money from other people on all these other things, you know, marketing, hiring, firing, whatever, events, like so much stuff, dev, I mean, it was just, a lot of things. And I wasn't looking at all of that as an asset that I was bringing to Leslie's company. No, instead I was saying like, man, I'm just going to be an anchor that's going to drag her company down. Right. And this is again, fear. Right. And, um, uh, when I participated in our first coaching program with somebody else, uh, the very first thing that my coach, my one-on-one coach said to me was, dude, you are going to be, you're going to make the money. You are going to make that money, right? You you have all these skills, all this understanding, all this wherewithal. You're going to make that money, right? And uh, and he was totally right. Not only did we make that money, we made more money than uh than I needed just to pay my bills we were paying Leslie's bills and my bills right and then slowly we decided to hire an assistant and then we were able to pay her you know and then we hired a video editor and we were able to pay her right and uh so it was uh very exciting to um have this belief in myself of like wow you know me coming into this situation isn't a an anchor isn't a negative thing me coming in can be a positive thing did I I didn't even really know what I was doing in the sense of like like, here's my plan, here's my strategy for growth. It wasn't like that. It was just me uh, being willing to do whatever it took, again, that, you know, at work ethic that I had uh, uh, fallen into um, uh, before applied here, because I felt like at any moment, like we were going to lose it all, right? And so I was working so hard, and it didn't matter. I would I wouldn't sleep. I'd would just work. And uh, but the company started to grow, and we started to uh, suddenly be able to do fun things. Like Leslie began traveling around the world and speaking at these events, and then we began hosting these retreats and everything. And it was really, really an incredible uh, life uh, that we had built for ourselves. Our team was really small still, and um, uh, we got to travel and do what we loved. And uh, and and then all of that came crashing down with COVID. Right. <laughs> So suddenly we're making uh more than enough money for Leslie and for me and our two teammates um and uh, we may have had a third person at that point I'm struggling to remember but uh you know it was still a really small team and the uh covid suddenly made it um we had to switch we had to change everything right and we had to um Uh, If we were going to grow, all of a sudden, all these cool ideas that we had been laying the foundation for, they needed to work. They needed to actually make money, right? And so in order for us to do that, we needed to hire a team. And so now here we are years later. And, uh, now we have a team, we have like a real team. It's like, you know, like depending on the month depends on who's specifically working for us, but we have a handful of full-time people and we've got a whole lot of part-time people. Like we could have 20 different people working for us, um, during the month or more even, uh, right. So and we uh, now I I have this the same creeping fear. Uh, it's never gone away. Right. And so um, uh, now it's like, are we going to make sure we're able to pay these people, uh, you know, what they deserve? And I value them. And I'm so grateful that they're working with us. And, um, uh, you know, the experiences that I had my worst nightmare would be that they experienced what i had to experience because it was terrible right and so the the bigger question is like how do you tackle this fear how do you work on this how do you get you know like this you may you may be you know, I don't know, there's these stories that we're telling ourselves, um, uh, you know, and if you are a small business owner running a studio and you have a team and you're worried about, you know, class attendance, like I get it. I totally, totally get that. Um, you know, an unexpected bill comes up or like, you know, something happens in the studio and you have to fix, I don't know, like constructions stuff or something like a water bursts. And like, I don't know, there's so many things that like could go wrong. Right. And how do you, uh, how do you live life looking on the, uh, the positive side of things, looking at yourself as an asset instead of, you know, allowing that fear to creep in and take over? And when I, uh, uh, today, what, what I want to, uh, when I feel that fear, because it still comes and goes, especially every month when we have to do payroll, right? Or we have to pay our credit card bill because we put all the, the company expenses on a credit card. Right. Um, uh, You know, I get these like these moments of this. It's like a damn burst of like, whoa. And you're like, oh my God. And then it's like, okay, (sighs) right. I got to, I got to remember like, we have amazing things working for us. We have amazing, uh, we have an amazing team. I am I have an amazing partner in Leslie. I have an amazing team who's supporting. You know, we've got a, a beautiful vision. Uh, we have awesome clients. We get to work with amazing people uh, and we get to impact their life uh, in, in such a positive way, um, whether that's with the online classes or with the fitness business coaching or even with this podcast. And I have to remind myself, hey, things are going going in uh, the right direction and you know, good things are happening. And I know that if I open my heart to the fear, it will flood in. And if I allow that to happen, it can consume me and it will overrun me. And then I will then suddenly be in a fear-based mindset and I will be making reactionary decisions instead of making proactive decisions. It just changes your mind so much when you embrace that.
1: hey loves it's me leslie and i am excited to talk about socks because we need to talk about socks all the time because I love being barefoot. I am not a fan of shoes. You'll rarely see me in shoes, even when I have people at my house and they're in shoes. I am barefoot, or I'm in my toe socks and Tavi Active socks. And the reason is that I've got tile floors, and um, they're not so nice to my feet. So I do love a cute sock, and I also only use their socks when I am doing Pilates. I love that they have an amazing sticky gripness to them. It also, when I'm teaching in other people's studios, having those socks on keeps me from slipping around in a studio and really allows me to root where I implanted plus they're freaking cute have you seen toe socks and Tavi's socks i mean my goodness they are the cutest styles all the time the barbie socks i can't get enough of i think i need to buy three pairs so here's the deal i want you to get yourself a pair of toe socks or tabby active socks and you can go to beapod.com toe socks that's going to take you over to toe socks feel free to explore a tabby, and you can use my discount code leslie that's l-e-s-l-e-y to make sure you save some money on your socks because the reality is is You should just get the most amazing, cutest socks and also save some money because you listen to this podcast. So make sure you check those out the next time you are looking for some socks to wear in Pilates, yoga, bar, or around your house like I do.
0: One of the practical ways, one of the be it action items that I can recommend you take because I do this is I write my fear down. I literally say, I'm afraid we're not going to be able to meet payroll. Okay, and I I look at that and I go, well, then, you know, maybe maybe the next one is I'm afraid that, um, you know, I'm missing something that is going to uh, make our business fail. Right. Or I'm afraid that, uh, you know, whatever the fears are, you know, generally it's it comes down to money. Right. And then when I see it in front of me, then I can write next to it like, what am I doing about the thing? Right. So if it's, I'm afraid we're not going to make enough money to meet payroll, then I get to write, okay, to make sure that we are meeting payroll, we created a forecasting system uh, where I can begin to look ahead and say, okay, this month is going to be. Uh, good. This month is going to be good. This month seems to be low. Let's see where we can make money in this month, right? So we, we started to think proactively. And when I have this fear, when these when these waves come every once in a while, um, I, I look at that and I go, all right, well, what have I been doing to address that fear? And why uh, is that fear unfounded? Have I been able to meet payroll so far? Yeah. And we've been, we've met it every single month. And it's been amazing, you know, that we've been able to support our team and that they've been able to help us, you know, help you um but i want you to know that you're not alone uh with this right it is absolutely uh something that you most people hide it i hide it right and the reality is that it is there uh and uh talking about it is actually uh refreshing so if you have uh, someone that you can talk to about these fears that could be um you know like uh a a counselor or um you know uh basically someone that you can talk to about this. It could be your best friend. It could be your partner, your spouse. It could be a family member, right? But by talking about it, that helps. By writing these things down, that really helps. And then the the, the reality is you need to look at yourself, you know, and look at the things that you've been able to uh, come through and where you've been to where you are now and realize that you're still alive, right? You are, you have, you are winning every single day, right? You're still breathing. Uh, life is moving forward and you're a part of it. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be amazing. That has really changed the way that we look at our company, changed the way that I uh, live my life now. And, you know, with Leslie too, you know, uh, uh, we, we, we do our best to focus on the things that we're doing uh, that are fighting those fears instead of uh, focusing on the fear themselves. So I'm going to leave that uh, that with you. Uh, and if that is something that you uh, struggle with or if this resonates with you at all, tell us, you know, tell me. Contact us through the Be It Pod uh, Instagram account and just fire off a DM and, and just say, hey, Brad, you know, I too um, have fear about you know, money or management or, you know, um, buying a house or whatever it might be. Um, you know, and, and just share that because I, I, um, I believe in you and I know that, um, uh, life is crazy. Uh, right. And life, life's is what, uh, uh a saying that we've adopted. Um, uh, you know, but, uh, uh, there's still an incredible, uh, moments to be had in this life, uh, that we can, uh, dwell on and focus on instead of that fear. So thank you so much for listening to us and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye for now.
1: That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review. And follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day.